From the alley of Tequizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show, everyone. San Francisco 49ers pull out the victory against division rival Los Angeles Rams. And it was a, a tough battle. And it was really about a tale of two halves. The San Francisco 49ers offense had to help them along the way. There wasn't very many times that the defense got off the field during the first half. Uh, the Rams scored on three consecutive drives. There was only seven possessions in the entire first half. The 49ers scored on three of them. The Rams scored on three of them. So the extra opportunity that the 49ers were gifted allowed them to be able to keep the game tied. And then in the second half, it felt like Steve Wilkes and the 49ers defense felt like aggressiveness was the key, and it ended up working out. They held Matthew Stafford and the Rams to two field goals after a 17-point output in the first half. So... 49ers doing what they needed to do adjustment-wise to be able to get the win against the Rams. And anytime you start on the road, and I know this is Levi South, and this is the the 49ers have a lot of people home, uh, you know, at, at in LA. I think anytime you walk away with two road games with a two and zero start, 49ers off to a fast start, quick turnaround for the Giants. But you have to make sure you win this. The 49ers are now first in the division with a one-game lead on the Rams, uh, Seahawks. And that's really what you have to do is continue to handle your division. So it was a big win. It's a conference win. 49ers handle business. Uh, we saw some good performances in this game from a lot of players, which I'm looking forward to getting into. And we have a lot of people uh, populating chat. What's up, everyone? WTM says, give me that dub. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And Ziggy says, man, couldn't get any pressure in the first half. Yeah, so... Me and Mark Adams were live over uh, on the PSF app, and we were during the entire game giving you know what we were seeing, giving our thoughts on it. And my thoughts early on in this game was that Matthew Stafford wasn't forced to come off his first read, so he they were pretty much sitting in his zone. Matthew Stafford would locate what his read was: three step drop, five step drop, whatever it was, get rid of the football on time, and he was just putting it in such tight windows. And the 49ers defense wasn't able to ever get him off that first read. So I thought it kind of made the defensive line uh, kind of invalid. They weren't even a part of the game plan at that point because Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell were getting the ball. He was getting it to them, and they were making positive catches and positive yardage. And then in the second half is where Steve Wilkes made the adjustment. He started blitzing everyone from Isaiah Oliver to Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks even blitzed and freed up Nick Bosa. So many different guys coming from all different aspects of the defense. And I think that gave Stafford a little bit of problems. And I also think the 49ers started to somewhat uh, get Matthew Stafford confused post-snap, showing him different pressure packages pre-snap, adjusting those post-snap. I think that got him off his first read a couple of times. And that's when you started seeing inaccuracies, rushed to get rid of the football, and allowed the pressure to get home. So uh, really good adjustments from the 49ers and Steve Wilkes in that second half. I was very excited about it. And Jess is in the house. 
said, hey, TCC. How's it going, everyone that's there? Uh, WTM says, what grade do you give inaccurate Purdy today? I thought Purdy missed his deep throws. He missed the one to Debo Samuel that could have been a first down. But overall, again, there's no negative plays, right? He's not taking big sacks for losses. He's throwing the football away. Uh, he's taking care of the ball. He managed when he needed to manage today. So would I have loved to see him hit Ayuk, Debo, Jawan on those deep passes? Yes. But I thought he did a really good job. So I'm going to give him a B minus. He missed all those. It could easily be a C plus. Uh, it wasn't Brock Purdy's best game. But I thought when it came down to it, he didn't make mistakes. And that's something a lot of times when you're in these types of games, you just got to stay out of your own way. And I thought he did a really good job of operating the offense and staying out of creating turnovers for the Rams that they could take advantage of. So uh, Brock Purdy, once again, no turnovers. And in games like this, that's just as important as making plays on offense. So it wasn't a, a clean performance for Brock Purdy. No. And that's what Ziggy's saying here. Brock Purdy was still good enough. And that's, that's the truth. T.O. says the penalties hurt. And I felt it was a mixed bag with the penalties. I thought there were some that were 100% just 49ers made a mistake. You know, you see the one Charlie Warner holding in the, in the, in the hole in fourth, in fourth quarter. I thought that one was realistic. They're going to nail you for the one Jawan Jennings did all the time. I thought the one on Dre Greenlaw was kind of weak. Uh, the illegal contact on Traverius Ward where both guys are pushing against each other, that was kind of weak. It was kind of a, a, a mixed bag as far as penalties, but you can't have those kinds of penalties if you want to you know, be a, a top-flight team. So 49ers will continue to work on that short week this week, and that's what Jay Hill is talking about right here. Saquon left the game with a leg injury. It's too bad. You don't want to see a player, especially a player of the caliber of Saquon Barkley, suffer a leg injury. I thought I heard it was an ankle with a short turnaround. I don't know what that means for him in this 49ers game. You never want to see injuries happen to these star players, so that's unfortunate, but it could play huge in the 49ers game. If Saquon's not available, that takes away a big weapon and one part of their game, which is that run game. Probably can pay more attention to Daniel Jones in the read option type situations if Saquon's not the running back that's getting the football. So that's unfortunate for him. Uh, but, you know, you just got to continue to see that. Um, Ernest says, first half was WTF, always pressure Stafford, always. That's one of the key things with Matthew Stafford. He's actually one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against blitz. So I think the 49ers were taking a very conservative approach with the way that they go about handling Matthew Stafford. You want to be able to get rid of the football quickly, or you want to be able to get to him before you can get rid of the football. But what the Rams did was employ a similar game plan that the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur uh, instituted a few years ago with Aaron Rodgers, where they just got rid of the football extremely quick and basically took the 49ers defensive line out of the game. By them doing that, it negated the 49ers biggest strength and put pressure in the secondary where there's still been questions. I thought Mike LaFleur being a part of the Rams coaching staff probably played into that. I have often believed that when Mike LaFleur went to the New York Jets to coach with Robert Sala as his offensive coordinator, that he did help Matt LaFleur with a game plan to beat Kyle Shanahan. So I think that they employed a similar mindset here, get the ball out quickly, count on being accurate with the football. And when you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, you can do it. There's not many quarterbacks. There's 
maybe 10 in this league that can consistently throw these balls on time in the right spot without having a miss. If you have a miss, then there's a, a chance the 49ers get off the field. So Stafford is one of those guys that can definitely do it. So that's what the game plan is. That comes from, I, my belief, Mike LaFleur, and it worked in the first half. The problem is once the 49ers adjusted, once the 49ers made the necessary defensive changes, and once they started putting pressure with blitz, Stafford was different than I have seen him before, which when the blitz came, he was having a hard time locating his hot and getting rid of the football on time, and he made some errant plays. But you're right. Always put pressure on the quarterback if you can, and I thought Steve Wilkes did it in a variety of different ways. Uh, so it's great. Lou says, hi, Aunt TCC. Still watching the game. It's halftime. Can't comment on the game, but boy, I'm Jack. They won. How was Purdy today, Ant? Uh, Brock Purdy played well. He did not play excellent. He missed some plays, left some plays on the field. Uh, he could have easily had touchdown passes on deep plays to Ayuk, Debo, and then probably a significant gain. It wouldn't have been a touchdown to Jawan Jennings. Those are plays he wants back. But when you look at plays down the field, like he threw to Christian McCaffrey, uh, that he threw to Jawan Jennings, uh, the one to Jennings was a 50-50 ball, and he makes it. So I, I like that for sure. Uh, and just says smash that like button, TCC, while you're at it. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Appreciate it. Join and become a member. Uh, get membership benefits, including free Super Chats and also the ability to have special emojis. And then I'm going to be breaking down all the film on Patreon. So hop over to Patreon and you guys can check out the breakdowns all week long. And John says, oh, man, the TD streak ends now. Yeah, so Brock Purdy's streak of two touchdowns per game ends. Uh, it's unfortunate. They took the Debo Samuel touchdown away from him. It was a lateral, so it ends up being a rushing touchdown for Debo. But I think if you ask Brandon Ayuk and you ask this foot, I'm sorry, if you ask Brock Purdy and you ask the rest of this football team, they don't care about touchdown passes. They care about getting a win. And when you have some misses down the field and you still walk away with 30 points in a game, I think you feel very comfortable with that. So uh, bravo to the 49ers offense for getting it done. And we have WTM with the super chat here. It says, what grade do you give Mooney Ward and Lenore today? So I do think there's a little bit of a issue uh, with them giving up some catches. I thought Lenore showed up late. Uh, started pressing, I think that they were employing a defensive philosophy of playing their cornerbacks off and making Stafford beat them consistently underneath, making Puka, Nakua, and Tutu Atwell make those catches consistently. So I do think it was a part of the game plan. So I think that's part of the reason. But there was also man coverage situations for Charvarius Ward where he's covering receivers going across the field and he was slow and behind them. I know he had the, a, a miss on uh, Ben Skoranek uh, that he, he gave him some space. So I think they're, they were kind of a mixed bag from both of them. I will say this. Uh, at the end of the game, the hyena made a big play, though. Uh, Diamond Lenore made that big interception. That was great. Undercut the route. Uh, so that helps him. So I'm actually going to give these guys, I think in totality, I would probably give them like a, a, a C plus, B minus, B minus because of Lenore's uh, big interception. But Charveris Ward missed a sack. I think there were some misplays from the outside corners. But overall, you know, they got it done. So I'd probably put it at a C plus. Maybe Lenore getting that, that turnover really helps. But uh, it wasn't a great performance from the secondary. But I loved uh, the big win. So I think that's always what you're looking for when you're talking about 
that you know the 49ers and what they do. And Jay Ellie's in the house, and Jay Ellie says another W on to Thursday and another one. Let's go, Ant. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's keep this thing rolling. Let's get to three and zero. Traffic says what's up to the TCC. Uh, Ernest not liking the roughing penalty on Greenlaw. I'm with you. I thought that was really bad as well. Uh, T.O. with Saquon is turning into Kajana Carter. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not. And this one from John. What's up, TCC? Shout out to Steve Wilkes for those second half adjustments and tighten them screws up on defense. Yeah, all the criticism coming his way in the first half, a lot of it warranted. They weren't quick adjustments. But once he got into the locker room for halftime, the adjustments were on point. They did a really good job. We got to see Isaiah Oliver play the nickel role, and I thought Isaiah Oliver stepped up in a big way uh, from the runs, the help in the run stop on fourth down to the tackle to force a fourth down along the sidelines, the interception off Kyron Williams' hands. Isaiah Oliver, I think, probably maybe slowed down a little bit of the criticism. He's still going to get it, uh, but it was good to see. We saw some physicality. We saw him out there running the lanes and making plays, uh, so that was good to see as well. But, yeah, good ups to... Good ups to uh, Mr. Oliver. Uh, Tanu says, Purdy missed two TDs overthrown, but hey, didn't turn over the ball over, though. My thoughts exactly. Could have easily had Ayuk and Tebow for touchdowns, but when you're looking up at the box score and the, the team's got over 30 points again with Brock Purdy at the helm, I know they got weapons on weapons, uh, but sometimes you're not going to have your best day, and it comes down to not creating negative plays for your team. And it works out. What's up, Josh? Josh is in the house, and Josh was rolling uh, over on uh, the PSF app with me the entire time. Uh, so glad to see you over here, Josh. It was really good. Um, and, you know, here we go. Red Rider BB Gun. By the way, phenomenal name. Phenomenal. Red Rider BB Gun. All the 49ers do is win with Purdy, and that's completely accurate. They do. Uh, so he, Brock Purdy, since he's been – quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers has just won football games every game that he has started and finished he has won and I think that a lot to be said about Brock Purdy yes the 49ers won a lot of games with other quarterbacks but to consistently score 30 they average over 34 points a game with Brock Purdy at the helm you've got to give credit where credit's due Brock does a good job of making sure the 49ers get in and out of the right play calls and then getting the ball where it's supposed to be at the right time is he perfect? No. Was he good enough today? Yes. And I think that's uh, really exciting. WTM says, what grade would you give McKivitz? Well, Colton McKivitz, I said in my Wild That's Bull predictions, he wouldn't give up a single sack. Uh, Colton McKivitz showed up. I thought him and Spencer Burford showed up very good considering what had happened in Pittsburgh. And we did not hear Aaron Donald's name the entire game. The 49ers offensive line, the 49ers game plan was on point to take away Aaron Donald, and it did, and the, that's why the 49ers were successful. The question mark was, without Daniel Brunskill, the Aaron Donald controller, were the 49ers going to be able to negate Aaron Donald? Well, the question was that. The answer was yes. Spencer Burford and Colt McKivitz getting it done. So proud of those guys for sure. Um, Ziggy says, did you see the plays Aaron Donald made? Right? Where were you? Where's 99? I, this is when Debo, when they need to ask him about Aaron Donald, he goes, who's that? I don't know. Who's that? Uh, Jan is loving it. You gotta love it, Jan. Well done. Yeah, and I like this from, I like this, um, uh, from 
Red Rider, Mooney or Money Moody, 57-yard field goal for Jake Moody. That is exactly why you draft him, because those were out of the range of Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold was as accurate as could be. But you had to make sure you got a guy that could extend. And now 57 wasn't a question mark for Kyle Shanahan. That extends the area in which you can get points. That was hugely pivotal in this game. 49ers up 10, significantly different than 49ers up 7, and how the Rams go about moving the football, trying to get first downs, knowing they needed two scores. It was really, really big. What's up, John? He says, hey, at Coach Antho, go back and check out that Debo into round play and watch number two pick his mouthpiece up off the ground. Debo was out there doing what he does and just lowering his shoulder and trucking dudes. It, it's, I mean, Debo brings that physicality and attitude. Jawan Jennings does. Uh, Christian McCaffrey on that long run, throwing a killer witherspoon to the ground. And then Spoon gets up like he did something. It's like, McCaffrey's like, get out of here. I just threw you to the ground with my arm, kid. Uh, I, I love the physicality at which the 49ers play with on offense. I think it establishes an attitude, and I like it. David V's in the house, says, let's go, Niners. Brad Jones, what's up, Ant? It's going good, man. Anytime you walk away with the win, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the win. That, that's what you need. And Ziggy, it says, man, Oliver was a beast today. He was. And you know what? This is what happens in the NFL. Right, People criticize you, get down on you, say you're no good, you can't get it done, and then you go out there and you execute. And I will say this. They've been saying for a while Isaiah Oliver was working on fitting in this defense. I thought today he did a very good job. It doesn't mean he's here and he's, he's on, the, you know, on the cusp of being a big-time player. He's got to go out there and, and be consistent. He has to play this good against the New York football giants. But I think it gave us an idea of what he could be. And by doing that, it allows Lenore to go back outside. And he's our best second corner on the outside. It's Mooney Ward and then it's Diameter Lenore. And having Lenore go inside was weakening us on the outside. So Isaiah Oliver being able to play nickel is paramount for this defensive success. And if he can run the alley with like the run blitz like he did on fourth down today, those types of plays are huge. And Steve Wilkes used him in, I think, the way that they believed he should be used within this defense. So I was very pumped about Isaiah Oliver, but I haven't been as critical of Isaiah Oliver. Uh, you can go watch my breakdowns on Patreon. You can listen to the show. I thought Isaiah Oliver made some bad plays, but I also thought there were good plays mixed in there, and I thought consistently he was getting better and better, and I thought he did as well with this. Uh, so Brad Jones says, and that was Kyle's assessment, three overthrows, but wasn't even close to turning over the ball. That's exactly what you want from a quarterback. Do you want those home run shots? Absolutely. I would have loved for Brock Purdy to execute on all those. Brock Purdy wants to execute on all those. But in the grand scheme of things, you don't turn over the football. And the 49ers are in plus uh, differential again. The 49ers created turnovers against the Steelers. They won. They created turnovers in this game against the Rams, and they won. And that's what it's all about, winning football games. It don't matter what you win by as long as you win. So Brock Purdy's got to work on making sure next time those opportunities are there, he hits them. But it, you don't have to uh, you know, make all the big-time plays all the time. There's going to be times you make mistakes, rebound, and next time your team's going to need you to make those, make them for them. So the team picked him up this time, but, yeah, no turnovers is huge. 
any JL, he says any word on Ajuk. No, I haven't heard anything about Ayuk. Uh, the only thing that I heard or that I seen was that it was a shoulder. The fact that he played the rest of the game, you know, came in and out, I think makes me feel good that potentially he's going to be healthy and ready to go for the Giants. But short week, you just never know. Uh, but the fact he went back out there is good. So we got a super chat here from WTM. It says, Moody is special. 60-yard field goal is extremely sexy. LOL. It's not often you hear field goals being sexy. But in this case, I'll allow it. Because uh, it was a very nice field goal. And 60-yard field goals, they can change things. Because now, when you get to the playoffs, uh, you get to those big-time situations. And you can hit from 55-plus the amount of... Uh, of the drive that you have to get into plus territory is less and less. Uh, Robbie Gold used to have to get around the 30. Now with Jake Moody, we talking 40, 45. That's one less first down, two less first downs that your your offense has to get in some situations to walk away with points. That's pivotal and huge when you're talking about consistently being able to put forth points. The main thing is no open frame, just like bowling, right? Yeah, You want to strike. You want that touchdown every time. But if you can't, you want that field goal, that spare, no open frames. When that happens, uh, you can consistently build and put up points. So I think that's that's what we're hoping. Now, what's up, Mr. Corey? Mr. Corey's in the house, and Josh's next stinger. Uh, so as a person that's had stingers before, not fun. They don't feel good. The good news is they can linger, but most of the time it goes away after a little bit, and you're just dealing with some soreness. Uh, the way I got mine to go away most of the time when I got a neck stinger, run really hard into the next person that I saw and use that shoulder. It was somewhat go away, uh, but it's not always the best scenario. But I think that's good news when you're talking about the injuries it could have been. Uh, so, and with it not seeming too serious, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Red Rider BB Gun says, cut back, right? Purdy going to grow from this and continue to develop. The good news is, Brock Purdy hasn't even played 17 games in his career. So he's like a rookie still as far as playing football games. And he doesn't lose football games. So while he's not playing at the, the level at which he's going to ultimately play one day, where he is, you know, hopefully one of those top, you know, quarterbacks, a top 10 quarterback in this league, they're able to win football games with a young, learning Brock Purdy. Now he has poise way beyond his years he's so confident and he often makes the right play at the right time so there's a lot to like but it's not like normal young quarterbacks that make mistakes brock is learning while taking care of the football and making the right calls so i'm excited about brock and the fact that this championship caliber football team can still win games with a young quarterback at the helm this is exactly what you want brock purdy to do so if you walk away from games, 30 points on the board, no turnovers, big win for the 49ers offense. Mr. Corey says, Ant, are you concerned Shanahan thinks McCaffrey and Debo are the only running backs on the team? I thought it was a little interesting uh, that Elijah Mitchell didn't carry the football in this game. I will say this, though. Christian McCaffrey's touches in the second half was very limited, and the amount of touches he gave Debo increased. Well, part of the reason was the type of place he was going to. So he was getting it to Debo on those quick screens, which are extended run plays and allowing Debo to run the ball there. He did run with him out of the backfield, a little bit of a counter play, but those are taking advantage of the aggressiveness that you're getting from the opposing defense. 
So I don't really have a problem with it. I did think we were going to see Elijah Mitchell down the stretch in this game. I even said it when I was talking live during the game that I thought maybe we'd see Elijah Mitchell uh, in the second half, kind of like they did last year, closing out games. But if you're not going to have too many touches for Christian McCaffrey and you're going to get Debo involved, I don't really have a problem with it. There wasn't a lot of possessions in this game, so I'm not worried about it. But let's see what happens against the Giants. Are we going to maybe we'll see more Elijah Mitchell because of game plan, because of personnel groupings, because of matchups the 49ers are looking to get. And I think that's what plays a part into each game plan is the matchup. And in this one, they liked McCaffrey in certain situations and they like Debo. And if you get those, you take advantage of them. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do here. What's up, uh, Arnold? Arnold in the house says, 14 points left off the board, bro. The game should have not been as close as it was, but I'm good with the W. I think that's how everyone's feeling. You had opportunities to get more touchdowns. You know, that you miss Debo, you miss Ayuk, uh, potentially a long, big gain to extend the drive with Jawan Jennings when he's up the seam. Those are definite misses that you don't want, but uh, there wasn't the classic turnover. So you walk away with the W, you learn, and then you go back and you make sure you don't miss those plays again. And they weren't like big misses, right? It was just like, Man, just a little off. So I'm optimistic about Brock being able to execute. What he did show was he has the arm to go downfield. The 49ers have the potential to have a vertical passing game. And so that is good news because it wasn't just Brandon Ayuk that got deep. It was also Debo Samuel. And it was also Jawan Jennings down the seam. Debo is faster. He's better in and out of his breaks. He's more explosive and now showing the ability to get vertical. The problem with that throw to Debo from Brock Purdy is he tried to throw it right over the top. He could have led him to the middle of the field. George Kittle had completely washed everybody away. By leading him, he could have flattened out and made the catch. That's what they'll go over on film. Brian Greasy will talk about it with them. Kyle Shanahan will uh, reiterate what he's looking at. So was he being a little too fine with the throw? I believe so. He'll get there, though. And I, I, that's one thing I'm, I'm still a fan of. And Mr. Course is a win with no serious injuries. That's always the goal coming out of every game. So, well done. What's up, Michael? Michael says, Ant, I believe we will see more Mitchell and Mason Thursday with it being a short week. I concur. I think that is the case as well. This game against the Rams, even though next week against the Giants is important, this one was more important because not only was it a conference game, it was a division game. So, you have to win your division game. So, Everyone talking about, like, reps, distribution, so you're prepared for Thursday. It wasn't about Thursday. It was about getting through now. You'll worry about rep distribution next week against the Giants. I know it's a conference game, and you want to win, because if you win, you're 3-0 with that mini-buy that Kyle Shanahan loves play before you play Arizona. But it was all about winning this football game first. You worry about distribution of reps next week. Would Kyle have loved to have blown out the Rams, be able to pull his starters, and then feel comfortable going in the Giants? Yes, that was the ultimate goal. When you're playing a division rival, that doesn't usually happen. So it didn't happen in this case. The Rams played good football. The 49ers got away with a good win against a good football team. And now they regroup, figure out what they got to do to beat the Giants. But they know, even though it's a four-day turnaround, I'm going to be ready when we play Arizona, because we're going to have that break. So that's the thing. You see it. You know a tough week's coming. You know getting ready and playing on a short week with bumps and bruises is hard. 
they're going to be feeling the same thing. But you know, hey, I know if I can just get through Thursday, we're going to have a break. Uh, then we're going we're gonna to get some time off and our bodies can recoup. So that's kind of what you're trying to remember is you're trying to continue to uh, feel comfortable with winning games. But you always win the one you're at now. Don't worry about next week. Let next week take care of itself because you just don't know what each team is going to look like when you get there. Hafizian, what's up, says offensive line didn't look good using CMC too much. I don't know where the offensive line you know didn't look good i thought the offensive line looked fine uh brock purdy didn't get as pressured as he did against the pittsburgh steelers they were able to run the football christian mccaffrey even though one of his runs was a long explosive still rushed for well over 100 yards i think the four years had you know 130 140 yards on the ground to me i thought the offensive line did a good job uh as far as uh too much cmc i thought it was toned back a little bit this week as far as usage I thought it was a lot of usage early in the game, and then it kind of switched, and more of the plays went towards Debo Samuel. But we got to remember also, you're dealing with a George Kittle that's getting healthy, coming back from an adductor that he's recovering from, and Brandon Ayuk was dealing with the stinger. So usage was going to weigh a little bit more on the healthy 49ers, and in this case, those healthy 49ers were Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and I thought rep distribution wasn't bad. So I thought in week one, that's a valid argument. CMC uh, probably had a, a few more touches than I think anyone expected. Uh, but this week, I thought it, it played in the game plan and it played into situational football. They did what they had to do to win. And we'll see what that means on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. And I thought the offensive line played pretty good overall. Once again, um, yes. Are they going to get pressure sometimes? Yes. But I think if it was a sack, I think they had one sack by um, by Byron. I think he's the only one that got one, uh, the Tennessee defensive end. Uh, but that one was close. I couldn't tell if Brock Purdy was past the line of scrimmage or not. So Byron Young almost got one. Other than that, I thought the offensive line played pretty good. I thought Colton McKivitz held up good. But these edge rushers definitely weren't on the level of the Pittsburgh Steelers with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, who are all pro-caliber players. The 49ers were definitely not going against that today, but I thought they played like they weren't going against that today. Um, and so it was, it, was a, it was a good, overall a good performance from the San Francisco 49ers, and that's what you're looking for. So I thought that this game was 49ers offense definitely held up. They, had, they got stopped one time in the first half. I thought in the second half they continued to uh, work the clock and work their offense. They had good moments. They had chunk plays and explosives from Jennings, from Debo, from Ayuk, uh, from Christian McCaffrey, from George Kittle. That's what you want to see. Your offense spreading the ball around and those players making big plays. And then when you got to defense, Steve Wilkes made the necessary adjustments to win the game. And anytime you can walk away from a divisional game with a win, um, I'm, not, I'm not really worried about it. And Mr. Corey says, what about the lack of pass rush? I think the lack of pass rush, if you go back, it's going to be how quick Matthew Stafford was able to get rid of the football he was not coming off his first read so if they would once you got to the second half you would get him off his first read there started to become pass rush because you can go back and watch that first half and bosa and hargrave at times are winning on initial contact with the offensive player there's one play bosa absolutely throws the left tackle alaric jackson inside and is going towards the quarterback and if matthew stafford gets rid of the football if they're getting rid of the football in under two and a half seconds, doesn't really give your pass rush enough time to get there. So you had to get Stafford off first read. 
Uh, Steve Wilkes did a good job in the second half doing that. And that's why you started seeing uh, Stafford throwing the ball errantly, just throwing it, getting rid of it, taking intentional groundings. That's when you started seeing him have problems. When he came off the first read and the 49ers quickened up his first read by bringing pressure, making him come off first read, which maybe was a little bit longer of a route and going to hot route. And that worked out well for the 49ers, but it wasn't until the second half that they were able to do that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the pass rush is going to be criticized, but when you're getting rid of the football that quickly, I don't know how successful your pass rush can be. But thanks, everyone, for watching. The 49ers get a big win over the divisional rivals um, in, 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 in SoFi on the road. So thanks, everyone, for joining. There's going to be tons of content this week, of course. Everything's going to be coming out as fast as possible with the game being on Thursday. Of course, Thursday, you can join me over on the PSF app. I'll be going live, live streaming the entire time, talking about the game against the New York football giants. So thanks, everyone, for coming through. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.